0: Ever-connected global society bombards us with news 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It is never-ending. Now, consuming all this information, again, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, is not healthy. No. Having access to it is. I'd argue that is good, that we can get it. But you, that's not all you should be doing. No. You find other things to do with your time. I'd rather have too much knowledge than too little. The way news is reported, it has the ability to blow things out of proportion. Hard to believe. Huh. You mean the media would exaggerate? Never. Humans are predisposed to look for patterns, so taking that into account, from everything that is going on in the world, even when you read beyond the headlines and the clickbait, it certainly can feel like something is coming to a head. What is that something? Well, no one can really know, but we may be reaching a precipice. Once past. ...from which we can never return. All right. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to... We're going to a place. All right. Let's get there. We're going to deal with some real shit, though, on the way to get there. Oh. Okay. All right. In December 2019, a mysterious coronavirus appeared in the Chinese city of Wuhan. Allegedly, it owes its origins to contaminated food in a rural meat market. Okay. As, As of the recording of this episode... 200 people have died from the virus and it has spread to over a dozen countries, such as France, Hong Kong, which is, I think they count as a separate country, I guess, but I think the whole point this is part of China, Japan, Nepal, Cambodia, Singapore, the United Arab Emirates, Vietnam, Taiwan. Now, those are all kind of around each other except for France, right? Yeah. Well, Canada, Sri Lanka, and the United States of America. Uh With one case in Washington state, two in California, one in Arizona, and two in Illinois. Uh Up to 10,000 people have become infected with the virus, but with any disease of this nature, exact numbers are hard to come by, especially when governments lie about the levels of those infected. Especially, I mean, the Chinese government. We don't really know what's all going on over there. Right. Right. Now, at first, it was thought to only spread from animals to people. But that has proven to be a fallacy, as a woman who traveled from Wuhan to Germany spread the pestilence to her parents and two of her co-workers. One of them had a fever, while the other suffered from a cough and a mildly sore throat. Now, those aren't drastic symptoms, because the virus is primarily threatening to much older individuals. The virus is in the same family as the common cold and the ancient 15-year-old disease known as SARS which proved fatal in China in 2004, but has not been seen anywhere since. There were yeah, a lot of stats coming at you. Yep. A lot of, of um, hard-to-believe numbers. There were 8,000 cases and 774 deaths by 2003. Now, the city of Wuhan is in China's Hubei province and is home to 11 million people. Well, the United States has restricted travel to and from China, and those retur- uh, returning are forced to stay, are forced into a 14-day quarantine period. China has Wuhan on lockdown, and in doing so, they have cut off an area containing 25 million people from the rest of the world. Huh. They are even scrambling to build a brand new hospital. I think it, had, it was going to have a thousand beds within 10 days. It's a little accelerated. It's yeah, pretty quick. I've seen, like, they've shown shots of it. It's just, like, 80 bulldozers just moving nonstop together. It looks like something out of a science fiction film. Hmm. Things you can only do, of course, with the kind of government they have. And as of the recording of this episode, this continues to be an ongoing story. So we got some unknown diseases going on in Wuhan, going on in China. Yeah. Uh, the Internet had some good names for that virus. I don't remember any of them off the top of my head. Oh, okay. Like, um... Being being cute. Oh yeah. Okay. (laughs) The one that I've seen a lot is just basically you know any meme you can do with an actual bottle of Corona being a virus. Oh yeah, that's that's been popular too. There's a few of those good ones. Yeah. Yeah. So cool.
1: I don't know where you're going with this, so I don't want to throw it out, but I did see something that
0: South Korea has, like fixed it already or something. I may have heard of that, but so which you can I don't talk about that. You can if you'd like. I mean whatever you know about that. I think they
1: were just, they were using something combined with HIV yes. stuff, and it just wiped it out.
0: Yes. Like, the lady went away. I just saw that today, too. Um, it was combined with, like, yeah, flu medicine and HIV stuff, antiviral yeah, like stuff. So, it like, yeah. cut it Within, like, two days, She was it was out of her system, yeah. which is pretty fucking awesome that we can do that that fast. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, so they were using that kind of technology to solve that virus. Do you want to hear what other scientists do? to try and solve virus Whoa. problems? Yes, I do. Okay. Cuz, you know, in 2017, the National Institute on Health lifted a ban on experimenting on dangerous viruses. So they lifted a ban on experimenting on them.
1: Hmm. that doesn't sound good.
0: Basically, before this moratorium, they would intentionally alter viruses, like just like a SARS, MERS, you know, the H1N1 flu, to make them more violent more dangerous, and more contagious in order to better learn how to fight such diseases and viruses in the future. Yeah, this sounds like something
1: out of a James Bond movie or something. Doesn't it, though? Yeah.
0: And I mean, how do you feel about that?
1: Not good. Is that a cool thing? Oh, let's weaponize this so we can see how to stop it. They
0: would argue that by speeding up this evolution and if they can defeat it, then if something happens in the wild, they would be able to stop it. That's why this, that's the selling point for that kind of science. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, I okay, like scientists in your lab, I get it. You know what? Once that exists, uh, it's it's out there. And there were some sketchy reports of why the ban went into effect, where they just saw like like a vial of smallpox just laying somewhere on a shelf, like oh, (laughs) like oh, like oh. I forgot to put that away. Imagine like being in a lab and just like one little slip up, but it's fucking smallpox is hanging out. Like Jesus Christ, guys. Uh All right, so the ban was lifted. So, yeah, scientists have mutated flu viruses and infected ferrets, because that's the closest thing they can use to humans. Really? Yeah, so they infect the ferrets with these dangerous diseases in order to learn how to destroy said flu viruses. Man, I would have not guessed that we were closest to ferrets. That's what they decided to use in these arguments. I don't know why they're better than rats. I didn't look too much into that. Or monkeys? Or take that into face value. Yeah, I mean, and then that's that's literally like Planet of the Apes shit. Oh, man. Right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's how uh, 28 Days Later gets started, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, and I talk about, I mean, this, these meat markets they have in China where like these... What kind of meats are they? We'll get into it. Okay. Eventually we get there. That's why I'm not going to mention it now. All right. Because I get some thoughts about okay. that. But uh, yeah, they're literally making monsters in order to find ways of beating these monsters. I mean, I'm not a scientist, so it seems a little risky. Better be I have that shit on lockdown. You know what another horrible virus is?
1: I mean, there's a few. Yeah, but, but what do you got? <laughs>
0: Ebola. Oh, Ebola's fun. Yeah, not good at all. And this is how and, many orifices would you like to bleed out of? Well, Ebola ended the lives of 11,000 people in West Africa from 2014 to 2016. Damn. Yeah, not good. Again, a lot of facts. And I'm I'm not calling these fun facts for my own. These are not. <laughs> no. I, I. We'll get to the fun facts. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Speaking of viruses, how about bacteria? Some bacteria are already becoming resistant to c- certain forms of antibiotics. It's fun, and you know it's a bacteria. The plague, yeah, the plague, plague. Oh yeah, the, the plague.
1: The bubonic
0: plague. The bubonic boobies, the boobies plague, the bubonic plague. The boobies, that's plague. what it's called. That's okay, a fun. There's I your. Never fun, heard there's that. There's your fucking fun fact for tonight. Okay. The All boobies right. plague. Well, what if somebody made an aerosol version of the boobies plague? Which, by the way, still affects anywhere from 1 to 17 people per year in the southwestern United States. So imagine. What? (laughs) Yeah, it still exists. I know it still exists. Yeah, like 1 to 17. The average is like 7 people a year get the plague in America. And like, that's a low number that we shouldn't talk about, but it's like, oh, Jesus, that still seems like that. I mean, rats, man. They're everywhere. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what if somebody made an aerosol version of this plague that could be released over a city in the form of a gas cloud? Certain bioterrorism experts are concerned about it. I am also now concerned <laughs> about it.
1: <laughs> I am now concerned about it as well. Yeah. What? Cool. You I'm can, bl- they can do that? I, not, hypothetically. Just aerosolize a rat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Here you go. Here's a plague. Yeah. Uh, this is a quote. Bacteria were being used as weapons long before anyone even knew to call them bacteria. Plague-infected corpses were catapulted over walls.
1: Well, yeah, we used to give people blankets.
0: Oh, yeah. You go. Yeah. Stay warm. Thanks. Cool. Mm-hmm. Venetians plotted to distill deadly liquid from swollen lymph nodes. Ooh. Japanese planes sprinkled infected fleas. If those with nefarious motives and technical expertise wanted to weaponize the bacteria today... They could, quote.
1: How does one collect that many diseased fleas to load up an airplane full?
0: I We could hypothesize about this. Maybe they, um, you know, you, have, you really just torture this poor dog. You're like, all right, we could cure you, but we're going to let them, culled, we're, you're the petri dish dog. And then huh? they, they all the dog is covered with these fleas, and like he throws them at other dogs, and it spreads, so they have a bunch of dogs covered in fleas, and then they just harvest them. That's still a weird thing to do. I mean... People are being creative. I, like, like, what, what can we use? Oh, we got these fleas.
1: Yeah, it's a, this dirty, this dirty dog over here. And we'll just pull all the fleas off of him.
0: Yeah, unless they weren't. Yeah, I don't, unless they weren't just throwing flea and flea infested dogs from airplanes. Oh, no! <laughs> eight, oh, no. <laughs> Eighteen thousand dogs out of a bomber. Ah.
1: Hmm. Wow. Fun, fun, I, fun thing mean, That's probably
0: what they were doing, honestly, because they're not collecting <laughs> single fleas. <laughs> yeah. Or like you just hold the dog out of the window. You shake him <laughs> as you're flying over a city. Just yeah. holding it out of the window of a plane. Would. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, well, he's out. If he's outside the plane, he doesn't worry about the air pressure. It's fine. Which should sure be the, the least of his concern. Yeah.
1: Huh. Well, either way, whoever was doing that was up to some weird stuff.
0: Yeah. And that quote was uh, from Eric uh, Bud- Budman. Who had written a piece on David um, Wegener. He and David Wegener was a wildlife biologist, probably still is, and a plague detective. I like that term. A plague detective. So he's like researching the plague. So that's a cool thing to do. All right. So there's that. Viruses. Bacteria. We're messing with stuff. Things are coming out of... New things are developing. That's not cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the United States Congress hasn't declared war since June 5th, 1942 when the U.S. declared war in Bulgaria, Hungary, and Romania. Again, World War II. But everyone knows the United States has been at a version of war ever since. And it's not alone. Many other countries have as well. Unlike these larger, more prosperous countries, some geographic areas haven't been free of war in ages. So let's do a brief little history of one of these areas. Afghanistan has been in a perpetual state of war Since 1978 After the Saw Revolution Which was a communist military coup The Soviet Army Allied with the People's Democratic Party of Afghanistan These communist Things always have these cool names Uh You know Marketing Well the new government against the Soviet Army Rallied with the um, People's Democratic Party of Afghanistan Which was of course The new government of the uh, Country against the insurgent rebels known as the Afghan Mujahideen. They were funded by the Soviet Union's enemies, Pakistan and the United States. This would be known as the Soviet-Afghan War and would last from 1979 to 1989, when Soviet troops eventually withdrew. Uh-huh. All right. So 1989, without Soviet troops, the Afghan government would continue its war with the rebels in what would become the Afghan Civil War. The Soviets continued to fund the government forces while the U.S. and Pakistan support would continue for the rebels. So just a little proxy war going on here between two larger superpowers. Mm -hmm. You know, Cold War stuff. Well, the government collapsed in 1992. So, the rebels had won. Well, after that, a civil war erupted between the varying factions of the victorious Mujahideen after they conquered Kabul and created the Islamic State of Afghanistan. The city was met with extensive attacks from all sides. Like the previous conflicts, each of these factions were financially backed by outside players. Pakistan, Iran, and Saudi Arabia. A fresh Pakistani-supported group would eventually take control of Kabul. They were called the Taliban and gained control of the city with the help of several thousand Al-Qaeda soldiers. Mm -hmm. The modern times are approaching. In 1996, with most of the country and the capital... Under Taliban command, civil war continued as a newly formed resistance force. The Northern Alliance tried to unseat them. Their leader was assassinated by Al-Qaeda on September 9th, 2001. Two days later, on September 11th, 2001, I think we all know what happened. Mm -hmm. Two planes flew into the Twin Towers by Al-Qaeda operatives. The United States invaded Afghanistan on October 7th, 2001 in retaliation for the attack. The United States aligned themselves with the Northern Alliance and provided air support to those rebels. By December 2001, the Taliban was driven out of most of the country. Thus began the United States' war on terror, where the United States has been ever since, supplementing Afghan army troops along with NATO troops as they battled the Taliban and eventually ISIS. Now, this is just one country Uh where war has never left. Right. That's the thought experiment I was doing in my privileged state of being. Being in a country that's been at war since 1978 in various ways with different players. Uh It is not a world war, but it has managed to drag in several countries from around the world. For what real purpose is always shrouded in lies and secret motives? Since 1978, the fighting has claimed up to 2 million lives. Now, I could go on to name other very modern, unconventional wars, such as the ongoing bloodbath between the Mexican cartels and the Mexican government that has been in its current incarnation since 2006. That's like the next war war. Yeah. That's brewing into something not good at all. 115,000 lives lost. The Yemeni conflict, to which Saudi Arabia is now starving the country and bombing it with United States backing, has claimed up to 80,000 lives since 2001. And again, in these war zones, these are all estimations. You can never really know. Right. You look at the population of a city before and after an attack and be like, I guess I'll do some math here. Yeah. Rough estimates. Yeah. Oh, it was a little sizzle at the end. I like that. That's a Guinness. Little bubbles, nice. Little nitro. Yeah, there you go. Or, as I continue talking about ongoing military conflicts on the world. The Syrian civil war. My God. Five hundred and eighty thousand lives gone again since two thousand eleven. It's heartbreaking that anyone's life ends up as any of these horrifying statistics. I mean, this shit is tragic. Yeah. The only thing that appears to be winning in any of these wars is war itself. Now, I mentioned 2011. Speaking of 2011, from 2011 to 2017, California was caught in the middle of a drought. This drought or famine was the worst one the state had ever faced. 102 million trees died between 2011 and 2016. And in one single calendar year, 2016, 62 million of those 102 million trees perished. It's a lot of dead trees. It's a lot of dead trees. Mm-hmm. In 2013, 95% of all winter run salmon died. 95%.
1: That can't be good.
0: Nope. The rivers needed to reach their spawning grounds were too depleted and they were unable to make their standard migratory journeys now half of all us grown vegetables and plants grow within california it's a 400 and, no it's a yeah 44.7 billion dollar industry now residents were forced to restric, uh, restrict their water usage while this industry was allowed to continue unabated the 2014 period was determined to be the worst drought to hit california in 12 hundred years huh. now up to this point, I've been reading you a lot of statistics. Yep. Because the point is, all these numbers are overwhelming in all capacities.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And that's kind of the vibe I want to be throwing out there right now. Okay. It's a lot, a lot going on. That's a lot. Now, now talked about those dead trees. The dead trees would remain dry and stale amongst the dead underbrush of the forest they occupied. This would lead to the wildfires of 2018, another worse in California's history starting in July 2018, 8,527 fires would go on to burn 1,893,913,000 9, uh, acres across the state. So almost 2 million acres. That's just a little bit of land. Yeah, it's a couple of. Uh, no, yeah. No, it's just a little you know, a little just a small swath of land. Sure, good. A good nice small swath, good little uh, Compound of land you uh-huh. know, just hanging out over there on fire. We've all seen those pictures of California on fire uh-huh. around roads and streets with cars driving under the fire. Yep, yeah, those aren't good. The overall damage done to the state would reach values of up to 400 billion. At least 88 people died in the blaze, with many reported missing. While trying to put out the Mendocino complex fire. Verizon Wireless allegedly throttled Santa Clara's County's fire department's unlimited wireless service. The department reported it, that their speeds were being throttled uh-huh. and they were not being increased. And all Verizon said was it does not throttle services uh, during emergencies. So that's... Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like we don't do that, but I think you are. No, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just deny. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, corporation. Wasn't me. Yeah, it Was it wasn't me. Yeah, Verizon was the shaggy in the situation. Mm-hmm. Thriling my service? Uh-uh, wasn't me on the bathroom floor. thought you throttling me My service <laughs> on, <laughs> on the, the bathroom, bathroom floor. <laughs> wasn't me. Wasn't me. No, wasn't me. I think Verizon just dropped my call. <laughs> All right, starting in 2017, Australia had been suffering from its own drought. mm uh-huh. A lot of serious shit we're talking about. Yeah. In August 2019, things came to a head during the country's brush fire season. As the season continued, fires would rage in every state, with New South Wales taking an exceptionally an exceptionally unprecedented hit. Temperatures in December 2019 reached up to 120 degrees Fahrenheit. That's a little toasty. Mm-hmm. Even for a hot place like the Australia. Reports vary, but during the fires, a conservative number of approximately 13 million acres have burned, compared to California's 2 million. Other reports say Australia could have up to 17.9 millions of acres burned. Over 5,900 buildings were destroyed, with about half of them being residential homes. Not an insignificant amount of homes. No. F- Large numbers. Yeah. That's a town. A billion animals are estimated to have died. A billion? A billion animals. And because of Australia's unique ecology, several have been pushed to near extinction levels. Such as our beloved platypus. Uh, yeah, this is real. Yeah, I saw
1: some pretty crazy pictures when shit was going down like, down there,
0: <clears throat> like burned or hurt or just well, all well the pictures
1: like where there'd be like a fence where animals were obviously trying to flee the fire. Shit, and they couldn't get over it, and they're just stuck in piles of corpses. Oh, oh my god!
0: <sighs> Holy shit! Yeah, not good. No, absolutely terrible. It has been projected that by 2070, platypus platypus numbers could decrease by 73%. Would you like to know how many koalas may have died? I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Like, not really. Yeah, not really, but but I guess enlighten me. Well, 25,000 koalas. I mean, that's less than I would have thought you were going to throw at me. But what if I told you that was over half their species? Well, oh. hmm. just imagining 25,000 dead of anything is horrifying. Right. All right. Well, way back in April, Greg Mullins, the former commissioner of fire and rescue, had tried to warn Prime Minister Scott Morrison that the country may not be prepared for the devastation a horrible brush fire season may bring. So he wanted to organize a meeting with this guy.
1: With the Prime Minister.
0: Well, the meeting never came. And what did the Prime Minister's government opt to do? They cut spending on fire protection by 35%. Oh. Cool. The Fire Brigade Union stated, quote, The Fire Brigade's Employees Union stated, quote, We have fewer firefighters now than we did eight years ago. Our trucks are old. We need more specialist equipment, not less. Some of our existing stations desperately need updating. We need safe, protective uniforms and safe equipment. We need training. We need support after traumatic events. There is no fat to cut. A significant amount has been taken from the expenses budget, which is largely made up of our s- salaries, or wages. Since January 3rd, the fires have killed at least 23 people. Scarcity of resources comes in all forms. So what do all these disasters have in common? Probably quite a few things They suck They are awful True And that's like In a list that's like one to five They all suck Yeah But let's focus on one in particular The fact that they all contain stories of powerful organizations Whether they be governments or corporations Sacrificing the average person's safety and well-being For money or political might Two things which are often one and the same now this is where we can talk about those animals and that and we...
1: that sucks too.
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah, trash. We're gonna talk about these animals. Exotic animal trades rise up because a populace is denied proper food, creating marketplaces like those that exist in Wuhan. Now, do you want to talk about all these animals that are around each other in this meat market? Kind of. Bats.
1: People eat bats.
0: They do. Chicken of the cave. Bat chicken of the cave. <laughs> Come here. Yeah. Chicken of the cave. <laughs> I wonder how if they catch him by just putting a bat in front, of like the cave, like a bat, a, uh, a they net. hit him with a bat. Yeah, bam! <laughs> a net in front gotcha. of the cave, and they all fly into it like fish. And they, I got you all. And I went and meant to look this up. Do you know what a civet is? I didn't look it up, but I meant to. It's my own fault. Of
1: course, I know what it is. Okay, well, why don't you tell everybody else? Okay, well, <laughs> I have
0: to. I, I, I don't. I have no idea. I have no, I, idea, I, what I it have is. no idea. Let's <laughs> find out. I want to know what a civet is.
1: How's it spelled? C
0: I V E T S. So it's not like a Honda Civic. No, it's not a Honda Civic. <laughs> well, a civet is a type of exotic cat. It's a big cat. This is what it looks like. Huh. Yeah, so that's a cute animal that we need to eat. I'd eat it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, porcupines, turtles, bamboo rats, birds. What the hell's a bamboo rat? I don't know. It's probably just I don't know, he looks like a he lives in the bamboo or he looks like bamboo. Let's just say he looks like Bamboo. Okay. I don't know. It's just like people just name rats by whatever they're by. It's a house rat. Oh, it's a prairie rat. Oh, it's a... It's a black rat. Black rat. Oh, it's a bamboo rat. It's a tree rat. I mean,
1: black rats did the Blue Ponic Plague, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, the Black Plague. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just,
1: just throw it out there.
0: And I, I didn't put it in here, but I knew I'd remember it like... um. Like some of these scientists are so wild like they'll go and study like exotic animal like feces and stuff and just study what kind of like diseases are in there. And that's a
1: weird hobby to get into. They
0: found it they've well they found a disease in a bat poop that was 95% exactly what the um coronaviruses so they figure it leap from bats and like it's amazing how many articles don't talk about this i had to do just a little bit of digging at how chicken this how this would happen yeah well people are eating chicken out of the cave so like they should never be eating these animals so these viruses should never be around humans but then they get put around humans and the crazy shit happens yeah so yeah, they, all these exotic markets spring up because people need food to eat, and like they're around, and like I don't know—is it the result of a country not adequately caring for its people and giving them first-world living conditions and sustenance needed to stay healthy? I mean, if you're eating bats, I don't know what to tell you. Don't eat bats. Are they frying them, or? I mean, we could probably we could probably we'll, we'll go we'll go Google and say how do you, how do you cook up a bat? How do, Chinese recipes for bats? Huh? Bat wings. Bat wings. What would you call bat wings that are spicy? Buffalo bat wings? Wuhan wings. (laughs) Wuhan wings. (laughs) Wuhan wings. (laughs) It's a regional delicacy. So yeah, but I mean like all these things humans maybe should not be eating. Mm -hmm. Why are they eating them? Many reasons, but I would say, and plus there's so many people over there. That's what I think people don't get either. There's so many people in China living so close to each other. Yeah, that's terrible. And, like, you have multi-generational families living in one house. So, like, you have, like, four families where it's a grandma, you know, the whole, in one house. So, guess, if one guy get person gets sick, the whole house gets sick. So, all of a sudden, you have 30 people sick. Yeah. And that's how the numbers jack up so high. But if it's the uh, the result of, you know, governments not providing enough first-world living conditions and adequate food, it's a result of hoarding resources and, may perhaps, the government's negligence. A ruling party's hubris. And, of course, humans' abilities, like I said, to stop spreading. We're moving into areas where humans and animals maybe should not be interacting with each other, so that puts us around animals who have weird diseases. So then it ups the odds of it jumping to humans. Also, I mean, just to put it bluntly, greed is also warming the planet. Reliance on fossil fuels. Fuels that damage our ecosystems by amplifying extreme weather, which, of course, causes those droughts. Which lead to those fires that burn the homes and slaughter wildlife. A billion animals in Australia. Yeah. That's a lot. It's
1: a lot of animals. That's
0: a lot of animals for a place. They're stuck on an island. They don't have many pla- you know, places to go. And imagining them stuck up against that fence is still horrifying to me.
1: Yeah, it was pretty bad.
0: I need a new, new word for horrifying because I just want to keep saying it's horrifying because it is. Corporations and governments, of course, also benefit from outright war, the selling of weapons, the creating of a marketplace for said weapons, which creates an avenue for funneling more capital to the top. Now, people go on and on about, you know, the 1% and insulting world leaders. It's become kind of cliche, but it doesn't change what's going on. Where do all these shortcuts and power grabs lead? Where do they all go? What's the ultimate end game of all these things I've been describing? Where does it lead to? Mm. I don't know. They all lead to death. And in their most extreme forms, they lead to the end of the world. Okay. Pestilence. War. Famine. And death. Okay. They lead the apocalypse talking about some four horsemen huh quote from the Bible then I saw when the lamb broke one of the seven seals and I heard one of the four living creatures saying as with a voice of thunder come I looked and behold a white horse and he who sat on it had a bow and the crown was given to him and he went out conquering and to conquer revelation six verses one to two That's right, you nailed it. Welcome to the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Our first horseman, galloping onto the scene wearing a crown atop a white horse, is Conquest, or as he's more commonly known these days, Pestilence. Now the modern interpretation is able to conjure up many poignant visuals of the sick and diseased, but I feel both labels work in tandem. After all, what is an infection but a conquering force? It's true. It invades, mm-hmm. conquers, it takes over, or is defeated. Mm-hmm. Exactly. From 1338 to 1353, in his most extreme form, pestilence manifested as the bubonic plague and wiped out approximately 30% of the world's population. Anywhere from 75 to 200 million people. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. It would take 200 years for the planet's human population to reach. Pre plague levels again. Well, I mean, that was the Dark Ages. hmm. Yep. Yeah, it wasn't too many people roaming the earth back then. One of his other power moves was the Spanish flu outbreak of 1918 to 1920. Up to 100 million people were killed, which averages 2% of the human population. That's a lot of people. Again, a lot of people. But pestilence was not acting alone here as the First World War contributed to the malnourishment of a generation of men who would normally be healthy and have stronger immune systems. But instead, of course, they were ravaged by war, kept in damp, crowded areas, allowing the virus to fester and spread rapidly.
1: Yeah, those weren't the best conditions to be living in. No. Just hanging out in trenches all day.
0: And like we talked about those multi-generational houses, just a bunch of platoons, just a bunch of squads of men Mm -hmm. in the mud and filth and rain and cold, and then somebody gets sick, and there it is. When he broke the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, come, and another, a red horse, went out, and to him who sat on it, it was granted to take peace from the earth, and that men would slay one another, and a great sword was given to him.
1: Revelations is cool.
0: Revelations is cool, and My promise of reading Revelations for Christmas did not happen because I forgot it was a promise I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot to do with Revelations and a lot you can get into, which is why I'm happy we're addressing some of this shit now. Mm -hmm. The second horseman is war, and much like pestilence, he was also enacting his will during the early 1900s. In the century previous to that, it is estimated on the high end that 7 million people died during the Napoleonic Wars. So I'm naming that to help put the early 1900s into perspective. Mm-hmm. Seven million people died in the Napoleonic Wars. During World War I, 40 million people perished. And that includes civilians and just soldiers and everybody. Right. I and mean, that's war. When the seeds of future conflict sprouted from the continued diplomatic failings of that struggle, Germany was not very happy about the way that ended, a second world war would erupt, and would go on to have a death toll of 85 million. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The sheer loss of life was catastrophic. The fire bombings, the blitzes, the sacking of cities, the death camps, the atomic bombs, war had no equal in his horrors here. Yeah. I R- mean, two cities got nuked. Uh-huh. Yes. And missiles were flying all over the place. Yep. Fire bombings. Just a... A few bad times for some people. Yeah, real shit we're talking about here. Uh-huh. Like, we're talking about the four horsemen, but we're also talking about real fucking shit right now. Yeah. Human history. When he broke the third seal, I heard the third living creature saying, Come, and looked, and behold, a black horse. And he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard something like a voice in the center of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius, but do not damage the oil and the wine. That, that last sentence is basically inflation. Oh, Things costed way more than they should have costed, but don't damage the oil and the wine. And there's a lot of interpretations, because with the Bible you can make it mean anything you want, yep. but uh, oil and wine was thought to be like you know the luxuries, and it was also thought to be like the rich. The richest stuff wasn't affected because they were still able to you know, afford the finer things in life. Well, the uh, poor people had to pay out the ass for just normal things they needed to live. Mm-hmm. Famine rears his head whenever resources. Oh, Revelation 6 5 to 6, verse 5 to 6. Revelation's time. We're going in consecutive order here. Famine rears his head whenever resources are depleted. Inflation is his handiwork, scarcity is his commodity. He embodies those who choose to hoard the spoils for themselves, often on the labors of others. He is also present as the decadent revel in the finer things in life while the poor can barely feed themselves. I got some fun facts for you. All right, lay them on me. All right. Modern CEO salaries have skyrocketed while the average worker within the very same company's wages have remained stagnant. Got some context for you. Got some cool stuff. Fun facts, everybody. Okay. Fun facts. In 1965, the pay ratio between executives and workers was 20 to 1. Oh. You know, okay. They're in charge of the company. Yeah. Make a little bit more. What do you think the uh, odds were in 2018? I'm gonna guess fifty to one. In 2018, it was 287 to one. Whew. Okay. Hmm. An average worker made a salary of three uh, 39,888 dollars a year, while a CEO made an average of 14.5 million. A little discrepancy. A little bit. A little bit of a jump from that 1965. Um, ratio. Now famine has propelled the fossil fuel industry's successes and helped encourage their deceptive tactics when it comes to denying the alterations in an already changing global climate. These temperature shifts have caused excessive flooding, severe hurricanes, long droughts with unusually dry climates, ultimately brought upon the world's population by unmitigated greed. Famine also reigned supreme in the Gilded Age. In 1897, the richest 4,000 families had as much wealth as the other 11.7 million families combined. But still, What do you, how, where do you think we're at today? I mean, this number is being rivaled by today's wealthy. Okay. In 2017, the richest three individuals have as much wealth as the entire bottom half of the country. Huh. Fun facts. Famine also led to the rise of the Roman Empire's power, working in tandem with war to hoard even more land and resources. A strong empire allowed the wealthy elite to accumulate power all throughout Europe because they were able to diversify their investments, spread the shit around, mm-hmm. something the lower classes weren't able to do. This decadence, however, led to the collapse of the Western Empire because its greed and apathy stretched its levers of power, its military and political influence too thin. And of course... All these roads ultimately lead to death. Death of hope. Death of joy. Death. Death of power. In death, we're all equal. When the lamb broke the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come, I looked, and behold, an ashen horse. Or a pale horse. Pale ashen horse. Uh Mm-hmm. And he who sat on it had the name Death. And Hades was following with him. Didn't know Hades was a tag team partner here, but hey, there he is. Hey, you didn't know he was in the Bible probably yeah. either. I mean, hey. You boom, yeah. there he is. Yeah, yeah but he's canonized. Huh. Authority was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword and with famine and with pestilence and by the wild beasts of the earth. Revelation 6, 7, 8. That's the thing about death. Hell, it's the thing about famine, war, and pestilence as well. In their most devastating, unrestrained forms. And I do mean unrestrained. They don't discriminate. Uh The Black Plague. The World Wars. The stock market crash of 1929. The fall of Rome. These are events that those in power can only insulate themselves from for so long. The effects are felt regardless of class. Trickle down decimation. Trickle down decimation. I was happy about that. All right. (laughs) Yeah. The horsemen destroy power structures. They reshape whatever the current world is, changing it into something more egalitarian. In a world of inequality, the only thing that seems to be effective against those who would hoard their power would be the levers of the apocalypse. That's scary. Four horsemen are said to usher in the end of the world as Christ opens the seven seals. Yeah, we only talked about four. We'll get to those later. Mm-hmm. But what if Revelation and Armageddon aren't predetermined points in humanity's future, but instead represent patterns that have been repeating over and over again all throughout human history? What if the horsemen have participated in several world-ending apocalypses, and during all of them, the horsemen weren't just forces of ruin and annihilation but also equalizers and liberators. What if they were actually horrifying heroes of the proletariat? Huh. What? Well, I mean, isn't that the... Right? Isn't that a phrase? Death is the great equalizer? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. In 2017, historian and author Walter Scheidel wrote a book called The Great Leveler, where he paints a terrifying picture of several annihilation-level events leading to more equalized societies. Me coming across summations and passages from this book got me down this road. Okay. So, he states that ever since humans settled down and formed cities and were able to acquire surpluses, income inequality has been our default state as a species. Now, those in power never want to give up their influence out of the good of their hearts. It only stems from them being hit with world-shattering catastrophe. In his book, Scheidel says that these great equalizers come in four forms. Horrifying epidemics. The collapse of states. Massive, global-wide war and revolution. These are his four horsemen of the apocalypse. Okay. And, of course, those who need a reminder, the biblical ones, of course, are pestilence, famine, war, and death. Now, the truly scary thing about this guy's like thesis for his book was that he claims the inequalities of our societies are only equalized by society-altering apocalypses. Like, bad shit. hmm Now, the biblical horseman and his analogs I mean, obviously, they're not exactly the same. But I do find it easy to equate death with revolution. Kind of like how you just said, death is known as a great equalizer. Mm-hmm. Because during any successful uprising, the power players within the falling regime are usually put to death.
1: Yep.
0: I mean, let's look at those communist ones. The Bolshevik Revolution in Russia. You know, the, the czars didn't make it out of there. No, they during, sure didn't. <laughs> no. And, uh, yeah, during the First World wars when that happened. Along with the uh, communist revolution that took place in China. So all that wealth is sucked from the top. Thrown to the bottom And in those communist societies They make all that shit the same So I mean Dramatic well, Catastrophic Oh no it gets to a bad place Yeah The idea is that the power Is shifted to the bottom And then of course We just we become dictatorships And then And then just repeats, And then we just repeat ourselves Right But at first And then of course Shit gets bad Now plagues kill people And that oh, <laughs> In case you didn't know Plagues kill people Which makes uh, Human life scarce Which raises the value of labor when states collapse, the concentration of wealth is effectively neutralized, shrinking the gaps between the wealthy and the poor. Global war forces countries to spend capital by implementing high taxes to pay for weapons, which that increases industry, and that creates demand for labor and this you know, seesaw back and forth, which makes every person matter for the war effort, regardless of class or educational level. Also, during war, property is destroyed, which depletes business equity. Out of war also comes waves of social progress. We can just look at the past, you know, the 20th century, because mm-hmm. the working class now has the bargaining power to argue for a better way of life. Now, obviously, my comparison between the biblical Four Horsemen and of the Apocalypse and Walter Scheidel's Four Horsemen are not a one-for-one comparison. Right. I'm, I'm aware of that. But as we discuss angels, demigods, folklore, and the lessons we can learn from their stories, I kind of like the idea... Of the four horsemen serving as a buffer for humanity's excesses, when shit gets to a point, bad shit wipes them out. I like it as a cautionary tale. I yeah, don't, I was gonna say. I mean, no, we don't like it. Like cool guys, <laughs> right? As a ca- as a ca- cautionary lesson, expanding empires don't share their wealth equally with their everyday citizens. Instead, concentrating wealth towards the top, until a gruesome obliteration of the status quo sends them flying off their pedestal. So I like it as almost. Like a warning. Like, if people, like, things can get bad for everyone. Yeah. So, like, the problem, again, with waiting for the four horsemen to reset the established order is that the only people who reap the rewards that follow are the people who survive. And it's a crapshoot as to who those individuals would be. Right. So, in an age where people all over the world, you know, kind of want to strive for a political revolution, we should still try to pressure our leaders for civilized change instead of hoping for the end of everything. <laughs> yeah, I know we can sway toward the anarchy, but that's, that's kind of my point. Like, tear it all Like, okay, we can tear it all down, but what if it gets torn out with a plague? What if it gets torn out with a wildfire and burns the, your entire country? Like, mm-hmm. no, no that, then you're all, everybody's done. Now, as I talked about earlier, the tools of the horsemen have never left us. And while we haven't seen a terrible pandemic a worldwide war, a famine, or a genuine revolution on a massive scale in a very long time, the forces that could cause any of these things are currently simmering across the globe. hmm You know, these viruses that just pop up. These, these weather catastrophes. Countries that have never been without war.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been other weird weather stuff too. Uh huh. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Well, that's. um, But there's been a a lot of weird stuff. I mean, war.
0: When I mentioned. um, That's always a thing. Absolutely. And then sometimes, like, depending on who's involved, I mean, just looking at. That's why I chose to just. Because I could have picked any, like, kind of war conflict to get into. Why I picked Afghanistan. One, because we're still there after 18 years. And two, just to imagine that place that's always been with war and all the countries that have come in and out of funneling money into like, and for what? Just so you can fight each other over the desert? Yeah. How about you just leave it alone? Is that That's an idea. But so then when you have all these, inter like how World War I started, everybody has these treaties interwoven, so then all of a sudden everybody's at war with each other yeah, and because, shit just gets off the chain. Yeah. Because you said you'd protect me if this happened. Mm. Right, all sorts of stuff like that. But I also have an alliance with this guy, so then we have to b- the break with this guy. Or if this guy's getting attacked, then he knows he's getting attacked by two guys on his side. So if he knows he's getting attacked, he's got to attack first, and that's Germany. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. But yeah, that's when I was going to uh, do this episode earlier. Like how you mentioned these other weird weather phenomenon, I had a whole like thing written up, which was just like weird weather events caused by global warming. And I was like, well, I can't. Like there's, um, and even not even like weather stuff, but like all the volcanic activity that's going on all over the world, Mm -hmm. the earth is pissed and that could be all the fault lines that exist. That shit could crack open. And I mean, you could even blame some of that stuff. The state of Oklahoma has had an increase in earthquakes because of all the fracking that's going on there. So what are we pumping and sucking out of the earth? We're messing with the tectonic plates of the world. Okay. You know, we live on that, right guys? Oh, well, it's probably fine. It's probably fine until it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Because there was the volcanic eruption that happened, I think, in the Philippines. Did yep. you, you see that stuff? Because yep. that was that stuff was wild too. But yeah, all these things—they're just—they still exist. They're simmering, and at any moment, they could a switch could get flipped, and shit could get even more intense. The emergence of new diseases, perpetual war, the growing scarcity of resources. Political unrest and instability. And like, countries are getting crazy with their politics. I didn't even, you, I restrained myself here, obviously. But like, all over the place. Like, wild movements are coming. Europe here. hmm Where's that lead? So, I mean, I guess my plea to all the leaders that listen to Weird and Feared would be this. just like, take care of your people. We're all in this together. And we have the power to raise everybody up without some world-ending doomsday scenario. I mean, it'd be nice to try and solve our problems because this is the modern world and it creates modern problems that we can probably use modern solutions to fix and let us decide ways to fix our systemic issues as a group. You know, together, the betterment of the whole, instead of selfish individuals. Otherwise, the horsemen will decide to fix them for us.
1: The horsemen ride again.
0: The horsemen ride again. They never stopped. I would argue they've always been around just waiting for the proper moment, yeah, and I also had this thought today when i was uh when I was working that what if it's a slow burn? What if we've been living in the apocalypse for like a thousand years?
1: Hmm. could be
0: you know just yeah. what if
1: the apocalypse
0: makes it s- makes it feel like it should be a lot quicker
1: than that though.
0: But, I mean, how long has the Earth been around? How long has Four, human... 4,000 years. 4,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. There's another fun fact. Yeah, fun facts. Earth, 4,000 years old. But, like, yeah. So even within that 4,000-year period, humans yeah. haven't been around for that... Well, no, because we've all been around since we've the beginning. We've been around since yeah, the whole time. Right, yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, see, I'll, argument invalid. You, yep. w- you win. <laughs> From the Bible right yeah, there too That's true Yeah nailed it That's true Right A Different oh. section but <laughs> Well they all They all synergize together Pretty well so it's... Do they <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah Well nothing contradicts Each other in that book It's a good book Yeah it's it is, it is It's a good read It is the good book You know I mean sometimes We talk about Monsters of the week And sometimes like Sometimes we do this Yeah But just think You know Horseman of the apocalypse World ending shit He's drinking a Corona. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna call this one. He was watching Fast and the Furious. He's like, yeah, we got it.
1: Wait, what does that have to do with the F- like, Fast and the Furious? Like for the
0: first half movies, all they drink is Coronas. It's a big deal. Really? Uh huh. Yeah. Well, now I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it, it was only recently where they were like drinking soda at one of the ga- the family gatherings, but they would drink they would pound Coronas. Oh, huh. yeah. All right. I didn't
1: know that. Fun fact.
0: Yeah, fun fact. There you go. They yeah. only drink Corona they, they love Fast and the Furious. They love Coronas, yeah.
1: Was that in Tokyo Drift, too?
0: Oh, good question. Hmm. Interesting. We have to look, because in Tokyo Drift before... Well, I like that we're talking about cars, because I do love the supernatural horsemen and the cars they drive. So let's throw that out there. Wait, what? They were cool. In Supernatural, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Oh, oh, I thought you were still on Fast and Furious. Well, I was chub- like, what? I'm, I was just trying to make it connect. <laughs> to Look, the these apocalypse. movies are way cooler than I thought they
1: were. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was just trying to make it attach the uh, connect uh, to the Apocalypse. I think one. I saw the first one for Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Well, you should watch them all because they're incredible. That's a franchise. You, it's man, that's something you should watch because it very quickly becomes just an action adventure series, which I think you would appreciate. Okay. Like, they get the car racing going on. It's basically a live-action anime, too. Okay. Because every bad guy becomes a good guy. Just like Goku. He befriends his enemies, and they have whole families. And it just happens. Interesting. But the horsemen have always been a family. And they're still around. Constantly. These entities. And I just don't... I mean... This is one way to talk about the end of the world, so I figured I'd give it a go. Yeah, but yeah, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Don't eat your uh, chicken of the cave. Yeah, I mean don't. But it is good that they had they created that potential cure. But yeah, like for I, most people, I, I, it's I think just that was South Korea. That's for so most bad. people, for most people, it's just a. Uh, I mean, it's just like a cold, unless you're compromised. So older young or yeah. have something else going mm-hmm. on. A lot of a lot of elder people.
1: Yeah. Talking about that uh the volcano in the Philippines. Have you yes. ever seen the photo I forget who it is, but when Mount St Helens erupted? There was like a uh, hiker on the on Mount St. Helens when it exploded? Yeah, and he took pictures and then like he knew he wasn't gonna make it so he like protected the camera with his body. So like they have the pictures and everything.
0: Oh my God, no. Yeah, they're pretty
1: cool. Well, wow. I mean, they're not cool because you know the guy died, but like no, the photos can but be cool, that you're like that right. close to the, like you get to see it. That's a thing you can look that up. There's a fun fact. I mean, that guy Holy just he's yeah. just like, well, I'm not he's getting like, out of here.
0: And he made the choice. Man, that's tough.
1: Yeah, I don't remember the name of him, but I'm sure if you just
0: Saint Helens yeah, photos, you're gonna find him. Yeah, pretty
1: quickly. Yeah. Well, so that guy did a cool thing. Well i know posthumously <laughs> no
0: i know what you mean <laughs> yeah yeah i know you, i know yeah the dying part wasn't the cool part the yeah. uh, that probably was rough but the whole situation right
1: <sighs>
0: man because yeah. yeah i mean volcanoes are crazy right what and i had a whole thing i looked up i also well, you didn't I, even mention pompeii right mm-hmm and did you know like there's a I, I had it in here, but I don't need to. How many fault lines run through Iran? Iran is just a giant bed for earthquakes. Like it shouldn't, like it's... Well, and there was also, you know, all those the earthquakes and stuff in Puerto Rico too. I was going to mention that environmental stuff too because mm-hmm. Puerto Rico, because it, it coincides with the hurricane devastation. Puerto Rico has seen a quite a few apocalypses. Like in 2017, one uh, one quake occurring near the Iran and Iraq border killed 63 uh, 630 people and injured 7,000. Damn. Uh, I looked up the grand total of Iran. Yeah, um, 126,000 people have died from earthquakes in the country since 1900. I mean, just from earthquakes alone.
1: Well, I mean, it's buildings falling and stuff like that. Right. But exactly.
0: That that was crazy. I've
1: never experienced an earthquake, you know, being here
0: in Illinois. We've had a few. Yeah, I sleep through them all. I felt two of them. I swore we had one like a week ago, but I don't think it might have just been the trucks in the place behind the house shaking the ground. Could be. But there was one where I felt it real bad, and I was like, oh, geez. Yeah, I'll like wake up the next day, and
1: it'll be on the news or something. it will be like, we experienced an earthquake last night. Did I? Oh, really?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Couldn't have been that bad. I was at my computer desk and like things were shaking and I, because at first you're like, what? Because mm-hmm. you don't, re- you just think you, it doesn't even occur to you, your brain. And then all of a sudden you're like, you're, I held the desk and it kept shaking. And then like I watched it, I'm like, wow, and, like just a little, yeah. And, like your whole, because like your whole foundation shakes. So it's a very unsettling feeling. Right. It's kind of when they're just little ones, it's cool.
1: Right. But I mean, we live in the Midwest where they are not common.
0: No, but if the San Andreas ever goes, a lot of things are fucked. And moved into the Mississippi River at one point. Yeah, there's an apocalypse. Anything world changing, I just call an apocalypse from now on, because I mean, it changes somebody's world. It ends somebody's world. Well,
1: that's a good point.
0: You know, I hadn't thought about it that way. That's yeah, because like apocalypse just means like revelation. It just means like, but it's coincided with you know, the destruction of everything and the returning of Jesus Christ to begin the one thousandth year reign on earth. So, so we're gonna open all those sweet envelopes that are sealed. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, I got a few more. That's, just, that's just
1: what I assume <laughs> they are when it says he breaks Envelopes. the seal. He's just yeah. well, cracking his mail open. Yeah,
0: well, <laughs> I, sk- I skipped all the... Yeah, letter opener. Yeah. <laughs> I skipped all the steps about going to heaven and dealing with angels and... Yeah. But that's... that's. Well, I'll get to that later. But yeah, Horseman of the Apocalypse, those guys are around. If you have any special thoughts on the Horseman, you can email us at Podcast at com, Or if you're... If there's a post-apocalyptic scenario you're especially afraid of, just let me know. If you're not a fan of buffalo wings and you're more a fan of Wuhan wings. If you want to eat some Wuhan wings. <laughs> uh-huh. Go into your local wing chain and ask for those. And they'll be like, what? Yeah. They're like, we have some general style chicken. Chicken of uh, the cave? No, no. <laughs> it's like, what is that? Uh, and then, of course, we're on all the social medias. You can find us. Yeah. Instagram, Facebook, all those guys. Yeah. Patreon, Weird and Feared, you'll find us. Yeah.
1: We got to get those tears nailed down. Yeah,
0: we do. We got to nail those out for you guys. So uh, we will do that. We'll have them out soon. Hell yeah. All right, guys, stay spooky. Stay spooky.